guess you just don't care, huh? Lord, let me know if you got us. Preaching about profits. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to the goddess. Goddess, got it? Hello and welcome to the Strong Women Power Half Hour, your podcast and radio show to encourage, educate, and empower you on your path toward womanhood. So glad to be back with you. I'm your host and women's empowerment specialist, Kelly Hickey. I'm the director of Strong Women Co., a company designed to help women be their strongest, happiest, and healthiest selves. We have one-on-one programs, online workshops, and more. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for daily inspiration and motivation. And join us on our free tribe, our online group, to connect with women all over the world. Links in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast to get all of our upcoming shows. Um, and uh, it's so glad to be back with you. Oh my goodness. It feels like a long time because I think it has been a long time. It must be about two months or something uh, that was since I put out uh, the last podcast. And um, oh, as any longtime listeners would know, uh, we did a intercontinental move in the middle there. Uh, so I am now, I am a Newfoundlander and Canadian, no longer coming to you from the Netherlands. No, nay, I am a Newfoundlander and Canadian coming to you from New Brunswick, beautiful New Brunswick. Um, it's exciting times here. Uh, we're here, I think, like four weeks today, so just kind of getting into our groove, figuring it all out, and uh, allowing ourselves uh, just to to process and integrate, and honestly, uh, the last four weeks have been pretty amazing. Um, the people here um, in New Brunswick, uh, especially St. Andrews, um, where we are, are so welcoming and kind, and we've just been invited to so many things, and and people have opened up their hearts and their homes, and it's been a, a truly come home kind of moment, uh, even though we don't know a soul here. And that's what's so interesting. Um, people were all asking, it's like, so how, uh, so you, you must be so much closer to home now, right? And it's like, well, uh, no, it's like a, a seven, eight hour drive minimum, um, and then an eight to 12 hour uh, ferry uh, minimum, probably like 10 to 12 hour ferry and then a 12 hour drive. And then I would be home. (laughs) Canada is a very big country. Um, and even flying, I had to take a six hour drive and then fly, uh, for a couple of hours. So, uh, the people I, I I did not know because I'd never been here, uh, to St. Andrews and only been to New Brunswick a couple of times. Um, but I have been, uh, so pleasantly, um, just welcomed and, um, have found people and uh, even people like me, uh, women interested in women's circles and, um, art and, and interesting, uh, and, and, and social justice and all of those things. So I'm, I'm absolutely positively thrilled in so, with so many aspects being home in, uh, in Canada. Um, even though I'm, we are technically very, very far away from, um, our actual physical home of St. John's Newfoundland. Every- we are so lucky. Uh, we have uh, a house on a lake, uh, and I'm a city gal, so this is my first time not living um, in a city. 
and uh, uh, it's so nice. Uh, this was kind of my dream. This is exactly what I needed after living in city center Europe uh, for two and a half years. Uh, I needed I needed nature. I needed space. I needed the solitude. And here we are on this gorgeous lake, and there's trees all around. Uh, we got to drive on a dirt road to get here. Uh, it's very, very rustic, but very gorgeous. Uh, the This is one of those things where I feel like the goddess, the universe, whatever you want to call it, absolutely provided. This is actually what we, me, Violet, and Justin have been wishing for for a while, uh, whenever we wished on a star or did any rituals around wishing, was we wanted to live, um, uh, we we're asking for uh, to live on the ocean, but the ocean is literally like a 15-minute drive. It's not very far. Uh, and living on this lake is particularly special. Um, the it's it's really beautiful. It's actually the reservoir um, for a local area, and uh, it's um, beautiful frozen as well. And we have been out ice skating on it, and so it just feels like such a Canadian thing to do. Um, and especially go outside in the beautiful lake and just skate in nature. Um, and I hadn't worn figure skates in like 25 years. And Violet, uh, in our first day, uh, just like an hour out on the ice, uh, she, she she was doing so well. And then like a couple of days later, she did uh, ice skating with her with her uh, class at her school, um, and she was helping other people uh, skate. And it was it's just been it's just been so um, wonderful to kind of get back. I feel like. In a lot of ways, I'm getting back to myself. Um, Long-time listeners may even hear something different in my voice. I think I hear something different in my voice. Um, but this is this is the re realization. This is the reality. Um, there's been there's been three years of very very hard times. Three years of challenging. Three years of of um, uh, sacrifice and confusion. Right? Because here we are. This is a our three-year anniversary um, of. Uh, Things about to be shut down for the coronavirus and everything that happened between then and and in now, and so uh, what's so cool uh, is is I've been reading a lot of different things about different uh, uh, stories in in history, particularly fables, and including like strong women and and goddesses and things. And it's always so interesting how um, different stories um, have different themes, but there's, there's uh, things come up and the number three comes up all of the time, you know, um, and uh, this has been three years. So it's almost like this, this end of the end of the fable, end of the lesson, um, please the goddess, let us be able to grow um, and, and heal and um, uh, be better for in, in any way we can these last three years and, and what they've meant um, to us as individuals and, and collectively uh, so that we can, you know, I, I think we're still too close to it to even have um, uh, processed the trauma uh, that was uh, particularly the, the 2020, 2021, <laughs> 2022 and the confusion that went with it because um, you do need a bit of space. That's one of the things I've been doing a lot of healing around my own traumas. I've been working with clients and healing their traumas. Um, and one of the things that I, I keep coming up, keeps coming up for me is, you know, you really can't rush these things. And one of the things you absolutely need uh, to understand, process, acknowledge uh, trauma so that you can get to a place where where you feel the feels and, and uh, reveal it to be healed, um, that uh, uh, you need time. Yeah, you really absolutely um, need some time. There has to be some time, some space between you and the trauma 
for you to get your feet back on the ground, take your breaths, and regain some kind of normalcy. Um, and the word that I've been uh, also digging deep into is um, recovery, getting that you're becoming recovered. Um, so, you know, recovery is kind of being pushed off your, your state of normal uh, being, uh, could be from an illness, a car accident, um, it could be from a situation, a sadness, um, uh, it could be from if uh, you are um, an addict uh, of some sort, you could have, you know, uh, had a relapse, which of course is part of healing and recovery. Um, and, and that could be an addiction from everything to food, to shopping, um, to uh, addiction to people saying nice things to you. <laughs> you know, there's, there's many things that we can be addicted to in this life. And the word recovery is often used for addiction, but I think it can be used for so, so very much more, um, particularly in the healing aspect of things. And who are we kidding? We all have a lot to heal from. And I would invite you to uh, look at these uh, last three years, to take pause, um, look how far you've come in the last three years, uh, because all of us have grown up a lot. Not all of us have grown up the same way, but all of us have grown up um, a, a lot um, because we had to. And that's kind of the thing that happens in life, right? And sure, there were some people that checked out more, um, but there was a lot of us who really began to understand um, uh, what was important in life. And, um, you know, everything from each other to having a good healthcare system to having uh, healthy food that's close and there's just so and a healthcare system that works and and uh, there's just so many things um, that I think you know it'll take some time for us to really wrap our heads around and 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 fully uh, understand what we have been through um, if, if at all uh, it might it might come trickling in but I want to give some love to you give a little love to myself too because this has been a really weird time. <laughs> And um, uh, I have been thinking a, a lot about these last three years and thinking about all of you, dear listeners, and, and, and my friends and my family and my clients and myself. And I really do see uh, these, these, this time is do that now. It only takes a minute, gets us centered, makes us feel a little bit more receptive to the messages of the show, to our mind, to our heart, to all the good stuff. So if we can relax those shoulders away from your ears. Relate, relax the space between your eyes. Relax your jaw. Wiggle your fingers and then relax them. Wiggle your toes and your ankles. And set them down on the floor if you can couple of easy breaths, noticing the cool air going into the nose, warmer air coming out. This is a nice space to go to. All right, we're going to breathe in nice and steady through the nose. Breathing in now. Hold just for a moment. Let it out through the mouth. One more just like that. In through the nose and hold. Feel the stretch in your lungs. Let out through your mouth a little sigh. <sighs> a couple of easy breaths now. Notice how you've already slowed down. You're already a little softer, a little more open, a little more present. 
And now for this last breath, we're going to stretch out our lungs as much as we comfortably can, starting breathing in now. Hold. Feel the beautiful stretch in your chest. And let it out with a big sigh. <sighs> All right. Let's do this. <laughs> Well, since I did that. Okay, so now for the topic of the show, uh, acceptance and gratitude for the journey. And yes, big concept, Kelly. <laughs> Good. Uh, I had I had a lot of ideas that this this could be, uh, you know, celebration of a new day, um, understanding the value in the dark times, all, all of this, but kind of um, my theme for 2023 after I, I did some meditation and writing, um, I came to the theme for 2023 for me was going to be acceptance and gratitude. And to remind myself to kind of just always go back to, to that for, for this year, just accept and stop fighting everything. Uh, you know, uh, and stop feeling like the world's trying to fight me too. It's kind of just to accept more things. Um, uh, cause I was so exhausted and then just to have gratitude for everything, for the, for every bit of beauty in this world, for every, you know, uh, good thing that I have in my life. And, um, I wanted to, uh, talk about this specifically, uh, on the podcast to, um, to help you have acceptance and gratitude for your journey too. And one of the beautiful things, of course, in, in feminism and women talking is we hear our own stories and in, in other people's stories, and then we can feel connected and we feel less alone. And, um, there are, are many, uh, different women I listen to and read, uh, and I always feel so much more, uh, for lack of a better wor word, normal or common, or just kind of, you know, like this, what I'm going through, what I'm feeling, uh, the patriarchal world that embraces toxic masculinity tells me my feelings are too much, <laughs> tells me I'm too sensitive and that I have to change and all of those things. So, um, I like to, instead, uh, choose to, um, come to a, from a place of, of acceptance and that, and what helps me do that is honestly to hear other women's stories. And I will recommend, um, a podcast I've been listening to the last couple of weeks. Um, we can do hard things by Glennon Doyle, um, and her partner. And there's, they have, they have a psychologist also that is on the podcast, the episodes I listen to very hard hitting, good feely healing stuff. And, Glennon Doyle um, is one of those beautiful people who wears her heart on her, her heart on her sleeve, her sleeve, and um, she kind of sh has shown a lot of us. You know, um, she's very brave, and she's going through her own issues um, with uh, her own recovery um, and uh, an eating disorder and control issues right now that she's been very open about. Which, um, uh, when I first started listening, I, I was like, why is she telling us all of these things? And then, you know, a few minutes in, I, I, I just felt so much better personally. Um, and it was just so beautiful to hear someone else's journey of healing and understanding and growth and evolution and personal, um, labor and rebirth, um, to, to, to come back to yourself or to figure out who you are or whatever, on this beautiful path of womanhood that we are. And, and we are on uncharted territory in a lot of ways because there have never been 
to our knowledge, uh, there's never been a group of women. Um, if you're listening to this now, we have more advantage and more privilege and more uh, education than ever before. Um, and th this is not just women, this is the whole world over, of course, how we can communicate and share. And it's such a special time to be alive. And I do feel, you know, there's a lot of things in the modern world that can make us feel isolated. Um, and then there's things uh, like, like podcasts and stories and women's circles and uh, that can make us feel truly, truly connected. Um, so for, for my path, uh, I, you know, friends of mine will know that, uh, and if you listen to the podcast, uh, you probably heard, um, the, the time we had in the Netherlands was very challenging. Um, you know, so everybody had a hard few years, the whole world over, and me and my family were no different. Um, and we had different kinds of challenges and, and, and lessons and uh, because we did do uh, the big move and we were immigrants in the middle of uh, uh, kind of just near, near the beginning of, of uh, the pandemic and trying to figure out what that meant and the further isolation um, and just figuring out of systems and everything that would be no, no open, even government things were closed and it was a, it was a really, really strange time and Honestly, um, you know, we're all different now. We, we, we've all kind of, you know, experiences like we've gone through in the last three years change us and, and, and make us grow. And the last three years for me have probably been the most challenging of my life. Um, and I'm not someone who um, hadn't faced challenges before, so that's really saying something. And, you know, being a new immigrant during COVID was just so hard. Um, the cultural difference, the language barriers... Uh, made everything very hard uh, and of course then you're talking to someone you're trying to learn a new language and there's a mask and no one can hear it was just there was just so many things that were compounded um, uh, for us that it, it just felt pretty extreme and the trauma uh, seemed to compound another trauma of just and of course trauma if I should have defined it earlier is just anything we experience that we can't easily process with our uh, with our senses so if it's just like a little bit shocking and like everything was doing in a new country is a little bit shocking and then everything we all were doing for the last three years until we got used to it, including masks, was a little bit shocking. Um, but but I will say, um, and I'm uh, trying to be honest uh, and fair, but I, I will say that the different culture in the Netherlands from what I was used to was very hard on me. Um, the, the pressure to assimilate, the policing, the judgment, the, the, th the things other moms would say to me to try to police my behavior, um, the, uh, even when I was trying to improve things in the class, like bullying, um, the silencing, uh, yeah, the racism, the extreme traditional ideas of gender. <laughs> my husband and I would, especially in the first, the beginning, we'd be like, remember, it's the 1960s here, because in so many ways, that's what it felt like. Um, uh, because of the cultural differences. And I just felt like I was very, very tested. And, and um, so I, I, I moved over there raw and hopeful. I didn't know this was gonna be my, if this was going to be my forever home. I was so open. And um, uh, it's just a different culture where people just literally aren't warm or nice to one another. Like that is, that is just simply how it's done. So for example, you know, Violet's first lesson uh, in her first week here, we open it up and it's how to be a good friend. And these are the things here to be a good friend. And, and these are the things if, if, if you do, you're a bad friend. And I was just like, whoa, this is just not, this is not material that she would have learned in the Dutch system because it's just not valued. It's just not seen. It's just not, I don't know if it just doesn't occur or what, but, but in Canada, we have these pro-social values that are just so wonderful. Like 
Violet had a, a pink shirt day. Of course, of course, uh, across Canada we did. And pink shirt day is an anti-bullying day because it's the story of a little boy who wore a pink shirt to school and he was bullied. And so, you know, uh, being so Canadian, we're like, all right, let's make this a learning moment and we all come together. And, you know, of course, big sh pink shirt day was a pretty big day. Um, even adults are wearing pink shirts, you know, you go to the bank or whatever. And then, uh, you know, I pick up Violet from school and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what you learned today. She's like, today I learned that being different is okay. And it was just like, there's just this, this satisfaction and ease and relief just came over me because we're, we're back to a place where Canadian values and values of, 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 of community and, and um, being, um, being together in a society and trying to make it nice for each other is a priority um, versus the individualism that I had felt in, uh, in Europe. And even just an example. So I, I, I was just, it's just a different way of being. And there was just, it just being tested. Like there was so many knocks on my door because you're in city center Europe. There's always people selling things. There's always people trying to raise money. There's just always people knocking on the door. And I actually have door anxiety due to uh, some traumas of my past. So it was like a mini panic attack almost every time someone uh, uh, knocked on the door or, or rang the doorbell. But there was other things too. Um, like the, the school system uh, is very, very big brother I felt. And I know other places in the world have the the true truancy laws and stuff like that and uh you can get in trouble for uh not sending your kid to school or or you know uh, which is very different than in canada where it's kind of assumed that the parent has the best interest in heart of the kid and the parent knows what's best so there's a real empowerment situation for a parent in canada that does not exist in the netherlands and of course we didn't know this uh i remember it was like we were there maybe five weeks and uh, we're new people, right? This was during uh, pandemic, very hard. Violet got school and she, she was like four minutes late for like kindergarten, okay? She was four minutes late for kindergarten. We're here just over a month. We were there just over a month. And we get a, um, I, get a I get a text from her school saying that Violet was unlawfully late. <laughs> and uh, I know some people that wouldn't bother, but I'm the kind of person, and this is me accepting who I am, I'm the kind of person that that was really upsetting for. I, I, I still have that good girl in me and I just don't want to, you know, uh, have to deal with court systems and, and things like that, which would happen, uh, apparently, um, uh, if, if it was that she, she had uh, a few unlawful absences, there's an investigation and all this stuff, right? And who knows how much of this is actually just fear-based to try to police the parents' behavior to force the kids in school, um, which has its own, um, uh, motivations, I will say, because the schools only get paid when the kids are actually in the seats, um, to the point where, uh, one of my friends, uh, was brought into the school and she was like, are you aware that your child has missed this many hours uh, this year during a pandemic? Uh, and uh, anyway, so, uh, and versus today, there was like 25 centimeters of snow fell. Um, this morning, getting ready for breakfast, getting ready for get Violet at school and all of us have to work was easy and good. And, uh, you know, I knew Violet was likely to be a little bit late um, as, as many people would be uh, just because of the weather. <laughs> But I also knew uh, that the teacher would understand. I wouldn't even have to explain. I wouldn't have to send an email explaining. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't, I didn't have the anxiety as Justin took her to school today. I wasn't like, get out of the house. You've got to go. You're going to be late. So like, there's just, that's just one example of how things have changed so much. Um, and how much I've realized that, um, uh, maybe it's not me. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> 
Maybe it's the system. Maybe it's the outside stimulus sometimes. And maybe we're all in situations that aren't so good for us. Um, and then it takes bravery to, to understand that. So uh, thanks for coming on this journey with me. Um, uh, it's certainly been healing and therapeutic uh, to go through this. And I've, I've, I went through a bunch of my different, uh, writings and stuff like that to prepare for today. So I could tell you the narrative. And honestly, even just going through the, uh, my writings and my journal and my, my, my poems, um, caused a physical reaction in me that I got, I got stress belly again. I haven't had stress belly since I'm here, but I got stress belly just remembering, just remembering. I could almost cry. Yes, I could cry. Just thinking, um, uh, thinking about it. And you know, and I was trying to frame this hard time we went through, um, and just trying to make sense of it. And, and, uh, my, uh, psychiatrist friends would say, what is it? Meaning making of the pain, right? Is, which is, uh, which can be hugely valuable, of course. But then of course, with me in my head and just thinking about fables and thinking about stories of strong women and goddesses and like these triumphs and these tests and, you know, the Phoenix rising from the ashes and all of that. Um, uh, I, I put a little bit more of a, a wider lens on it to try to fully understand or at least make sense of it. And, uh, other things that help me are like Jungarian psychology and archetypes where we just try to make sense, try to see the patterns, try to see the value of the journey of the hard times we're going through. So I invite you to do that, uh, yourself as I, as I just talk a little bit about, uh, my journey, uh, towards, uh, recovery and honestly just feeling so much better in this moment. I'm almost afraid to say it because the last few years have been so hard. Um, and every time I felt like I was just kind of getting my head above water, there was some other kind of sideswipe. But, um, I, I, I really felt like there was, it was, it was I was in dark times. <laughs> That's the truth. Like, and, uh, it was stressful trauma after trauma. Um, almost daily. And my, my stress when I was in the Netherlands daily was at a seven to 10. And my stress since I'm here in New Brunswick is like a one to two, my anxiety. Um, it's, it's, it's a different world. I'm a different person and I'm beginning to, to realize, uh, uh, you know, like what, what does make me happy and what, what does make me peaceful? What, what, what can I avoid? What systems, um, just don't seem to work for me. And I have been comparing, or not comparing, I've been just trying to find the meaning and the pattern, as I mentioned. And I, I often looked to the stories of the goddesses that went into the dark times, went into the underworld, the uh, um, different places where they went through different challenges and finally came back, you know, land of the living. And uh, there's a bunch of those stories. Um, uh, Persephone, of course, comes to mind where she goes to the underworld uh, six months of the year. And when she comes back to life um, is, is when the spring happens, right, is the kind of the story from the Grecian world. Um, but then there's also Inanna. And if you don't know Inanna, uh, you know, she, she turned into Astarte or Ishtar. Um, she even turned into Aphrodite uh, in, in kind of times, uh, I mean, across geography and uh, the centuries. But literally, like, she's like 5,000 years old in, in, in the stories, probably even much older than that. But we have written poems about Inanna and her um, journey to the underworld that are at least four or 5,000 years old. And I dove into them, or at least translations to them. I don't know ancient Sumerian. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I, I just kind of like kind of tried to gleam, um, some, some message, some kind of thing from it. It's like, so she went into the underworld, like many women do. 
um, to gain wisdom. Um, and uh, the, some, one of the stories is to, is to bear witness to a funeral of her, her brother-in-law. But uh, that's just, you know, uh, just a detail. She goes into the underworld. And, uh, but to get even to get into the underworld and, and, uh, she has to kind of be stripped, right? And she's stripped of, um, uh, all these different things that are meaningful, including like lapis lazuli and a crown and all this stuff. And so I was thinking, you know, I was like, okay, if I'm, if I'm like Inanna in the, in the dark times, it's like, okay, what have I been stripped of? And I was stripped of, uh, my community in the move, um, and family and friends, of course, I was uh, stripped of my land. I've been so connected to my land and the, and the shape and the, and the slope of my land. And I was stripped of everything I knew, stripped of understanding what people said. That's huge. For someone who communicates like I do and wants to communicate on a high level, not understanding what people said and feeling excluded, harsh. <laughs> it was really harsh. Uh, I was stripped of my healthy coping mechanisms. So I, uh, I just didn't have, um, whenever I'm stressed uh, in Canada, um, I'll go for a walk. I'll go for a hike on the ocean, go for a walk outside. Um, hikes in the ocean and in nature were really my, my main things. And that just was not possible in the Netherlands. There is no wild. Uh, I was stripped of my ability to contribute to my community. Um, like I do, um, just, just had, like I have been in Canada, even now here in, in St. Andrews, I've, I've already contributed more, um, in the last, uh, four weeks than I did in, in, uh, two and a half, three years in the Netherlands, just cause there wasn't the opportunity. It wasn't for my lack of trying. I reached out to a bunch of things. Um, it just was not possible, uh, particularly because I didn't speak, uh, Dutch very well. And I, and I, I stripped of, I was stripped of my women's circles and that spiritual community for me, it was almost like taking church away from people who, who love church. So I was really feeling, um, stripped just like Inanna, um, in, in the underworld. And, uh, I was vulnerable and naked and raw and then continuously traumatized one thing after another. It was just really from dealing with a horrific landlord. Um, and, uh, then having to find another place to live, um, in a housing crisis, uh, in a very short term, you know, um, it, it, it to, uh, just being me, right. Just being outright bullied, uh, in several cases and in, in several ways. And it just, it, the, the, the situation, of course, I'm always the one to look and blame myself. I'm like, I'm the common denominator. I'm bringing this on. But through a lot of talks with several people, it's like, mm, this, this is just the norm, Kelly. This is how, how people find it okay to behave in the culture. Um, uh, it was a different way of being, um, of just complete, like outright bullying, like one mom, uh, being so angry as I was trying to talk to her about her daughter bullying my daughter. And I thought this is like my third time trying to talk to her, I talked to the teacher. The teacher said, I didn't see it. Right. There was just zero help. And I had Violet was being terrorized every morning, every night. She was begging not to go to school because of this one little girl who was just so mean and bossy and manipulative, who I know was having a hard time at school because there's a hard time at home because there's no kid who's as mean as this kid was um, without it, there being uh, stuff going on at home. Um, so I tried to talk to the mom. We had actually gone out socially. So we were a little bit friends. And she just was like clenched teeth, like, what do you want me to do? Like freaking out at me and making a scene um, at, at the, uh, to the point where her daughter came over and was like in satisfaction 
that that now the mom her mom was bullying me and I was just like whoa how and I was like I said I was like I don't think it's okay to behave like this in front of children you know like it, it really kind of was like uh, I'm not talking to you anymore like this you know you're being very disrespectful like I I was trying to be so calm and that's just one of many 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 of the uh, kind of the policing of, of behavior um, and don't rock the boat. That's kind of the culture was just uh, don't rock the boat, which with someone who is, you know, a boat rocker, <laughs> an agent of change, I, I cannot help but speak up when I see something wrong, particularly if I see something we can do something about or if a child um, is being, uh, you know, disadvantaged or bullied. Like what was happening on, at that school, and this was a Montessori school, Dutch school. What was that? Like there was one bully that was bullying everyone. This was a boy and he bullied one little boy so much. The boy start, started fleeing the schoolyard and, um, to the point where then he'd run in traffic and like literally run home. And, uh, the school then went, instead of trying to deal with the bully at all, they went to the uh, parents and said, uh, we can't uh, we can't promise that your child's going to be safe at our school, so you should probably find another school. Anyway, I'm venting. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm just saying, th these are things, I'm a sensitive person. Uh, I'm a Canadian. I'm a Newfoundlander. So I was just shell-shocked by this. And this is, this is t just trying to give you a teeny tiny bit of the many, many uh, bombardments of, of just like, what the hell, WTF? So I felt like I was Inanna in the dark world or Persephone in the dark world. And, or even maybe like Alice in Wonderland. I'm like, this place does not make sense. And I was disoriented in a new odd world where things, um, you know, they kind of made sense. Like there's a lot of systems that were really great. Like their healthcare system, as long as you have private insurance, which is illegal to not have private insurance, uh, was good. But then, you know, uh, just some other things, just how they treated one another just absolutely didn't. Or maybe I was like Dorothy in, 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 um, in Oz. Uh, and in the book I'm reading, she talks about um, uh, my season of discontent uh, was really when growth happens. And, uh, of course, that's what happens in, the, in all the goddesses and the fables and all of that, right? The season of discontent. And so what I ended up calling uh, the Netherlands um, in my poetry, uh, I don't know if anyone here is a fan of Beetlejuice, but I really was, particularly the cartoon uh, when I was uh, a kid. And remember in Beetlejuice when he goes into the netherworld? And the netherworld's crazy with the sandworms and all of that. And, and I kind of, I think, have an idea of like, e even when Inanna or Persephone goes into the netherworld, it has a little bit of Beetlejuice in my imagination of what it would be like. But anyway, so the netherworld was in that. And of course, I was in the Netherlands, which just means lower lands. So the uh, netherworld became the underworld because uh, these are these are synonyms. Uh, Netherlands became the underworld. Uh, so I actually have um, a, just a little, a, a few poems to to share uh, of that time so maybe you can see your uh your story in it as well have you ever had a season of discontent are you in a season of discontent right now i'd say many people are it's been a hard hard few years this is uh, uh, uh just a short poem and what i like about poem i was reading i think it was a nice nin said it's feelings of excess that make us be creative right it's um if we're feeling extra sad or extra angry or extra happy, we kind of get into this creative kind of thing where we just have to get it out of ourselves. And I, I was a poet uh, and, a, and a published, internationally published poet, uh, but I had gotten out of it for almost 20 years. And being in the underworld um, uh, made me pick up poetry again. Uh, so here we have, and, and not all of them are doom or gloom either, but uh, I'll just want to share a couple of this. Thanks so much for listening. 
um, and see if you can also hear some of your own story um, in this. So this one's called Season of Discontent. It was September uh, 22 or 21, I'm not sure. Steeped in my season of discontent, I'm wrinkled and pruny, I'm bitter and harder. I've been salted, scarred, and burned. I've been to the dark places. I've felt the emptiness and the weight. I've felt the edges and seen the cliffs. My season of discontent will be for my own evolution, healing, and development. My season of discontent has much to teach. I know what I want. I know what's important. I know how hard I will work for it. My season of discontent will be over soon. And you can hear the hopefulness, and I'm like determined for this season of discontent, this darkness, this time in, in the underworld um, to, to be over. This one is uh, it's another one. Uh, it's called uh, My Pit. In the darkness of my pit of despair, fear and angst. You hear that? That's the, that's the teenage poet in me. I'll read that again. In the darkness of my pit of despair, fear and angst, I am being molded, sculpted into someone I've yet to meet. So, have patience with me. I'm much more timid than I look. I've been beaten and bloodied, and I'm trying hard to keep my head unbowed. So that one's kind of with me, you know, hey, like, I'm in, a, I'm in a hard place. Like, please be gentle with me. I know I come across as really strong, but I'm, I'm more timid than I look right now. I've been shell-shocked um, in, in a lot of ways. And I wonder if you've ever felt like that, just wanting someone to have patience with you um, and you're feeling more timid than you might come across, particularly if you've gone through some, um, some hard times. But we must remember it's through those hard times that we are being molded and sculpted into someone we've yet to meet who is stronger and wiser and more compassionate. I can tell you my time from the underworld really made me so much more of a compassionate and kind person. Um, I see the world differently. I have seen the world as an unwanted immigrant um, and been treated as such. So I'm quite uh, more aware of, of such an existence, even with my privilege as a, as a white woman. All right, this is uh, another one. Uh, uh, two years. Two years in the underworld, and I'm faring just as well as anyone can expect. A shell of my former self, one foot in front of the other, in hope that each step, each day, brings me closer to the light at the end of the tunnel. I wonder how long it will take my eyes to readjust when I get above ground. It will surely be disorienting, maybe even scary at first. So I must remind myself how much the light is worth it and how difficult the underworld is to endure and how it would probably kill me again, given the time. Light is life, even if it's blinding. I must not forget. So I was just trying to remind myself of how I was feeling in the underworld and how hard I was trying to get to the light. And the underworld, of course, could be any kind of symbolism for you. A depression, a bad marriage, a bad job, um, 
you know, trying to escape the, the underworld after learning what we needed to learn and gaining what we needed to gain to get the strength to, so that we could escape it. So that I could make the giant jump back across the pond. And it wasn't intercontinental, it was transcontinental, my move, I'm realizing now, I said. Um, uh, this is the last poem I'll share for you. Um, it's called, Was Inanna Excited? I was thinking about her a bit for the last few months. Year, maybe. Was Inanna excited when she found out she was leaving the underworld? Did she feel a little sad to leave the familiar, even if she knew it was good for her? Was Persephone torn about leaving hell for the spring? Has she made, had she made the best of it, and maybe even made a new friends along the way? Did Inanna feel exhilarated as she climbed and clawed her way back to the light? Did she leave anything behind? Did she start completely anew? Did Persephone skip in the fields as she brought them back to life? Were they afraid they'd been dragged, they, that they'd be dragged back under? Was there joy? Was there grief? Was there a rebirth? Of course there was. And so, yeah, that one is uh, kind of... Even, even when you're about to leave the underworld, it can feel weird. Because uh, even weird things can get familiar. Even things that aren't good for you can feel familiar. And even as we were about to move back to Canada, which I knew was absolutely the only decision uh, we could have made at the time, I was still afraid. Uh, I was still stressed. I was nervous. Um, you know, there was a lot of weird comforts um, in, in the Netherlands that we'd gotten used to. Everything from violets like ballet class to just our rhythm of going to the different grocery stores and just having everything figured out. Um, so I was, even when I, even when I get my, this happens all the time. It's like, never ever think that when you actually get your goal or your dream or or the thing you've been praying and working for. Do not think once you get it, it's going to be euphoria and easy. Because there's a lot of stress and worry and self-doubt. And even maybe, you know, uh, self-worth questions and all of that that come up. Uh, and know that that's okay. And know that leaving the underworld can even, even be scary. Um, and that, you know, let's have acceptance and gratitude for that journey. At all points in our lives, we are all Inanna at some point. We're all Persephone. We're all Alice in Wonderland. We're, we're all Dorothy in Oz. These are why these stories keep coming up. And women in particular, we do go deep. We do feel deep. Um, there's lots of reasons we can guess and, and, and uh, research about that, but that's just our current reality as it is. So why not embrace it? And why not use some tools, um, ancient and new, to figure out our lives, figure out our patterns, figure out the meaning, make, make meaning out of the pain, out of the struggle. Uh, so I, I, I encourage you to do that. And um, if you ever need any help along the way with that, uh, please reach out and we can set up um, even a, a free session. Um, and, and see what, what kind of path you'd like to go and, and figuring out, you know, uh, your underworld or how to get out of your underworld or how to forgive yourself for what happened in the underworld, whatever it is, right? Um, this underworld idea can be helpful if we are um, kind of conceptualizing, um, you know, different periods or times or places in our lives that were hard and weird 
and uh, you know the netherworld in, in, in Beetlejuice um, and then trying to but it's during those times and Hecate the goddess would have a lot to say about that too the goddess of transformation and transition and magic and in the dark times there is magic I will be forever changed because of the dark places I went as an isolated lonely immigrant in an unfriendly cultural country I will be a better person. I will, everyone in my family understands and appreciates the Canadian values more because of what we've done and, and the values of being of community and collectivity. And I will be more of a, of a, of a stronger leader because of my experiences in the darkness and my appreciation for the light, my gratitude than if I hadn't been through it. And I bet there's some part of your life that you can make that comparison to too. And on top of that, you know, there was a time uh, very recently, maybe like six months ago, uh, when I was worried that I didn't know how to be happy anymore. I had been in the underworld, in the depression, in the state of anxiety and panic attacks and just so depleted for so long. Um, I was actually I was like, maybe I said to a friend, I don't know if I maybe I don't know how to be happy anymore uh, because happiness just felt like so, so far away. But it wasn't me. Um, it was me in a situation that wasn't good for me. And, you know, I, I encourage you to look at your own journey, your own place, your own healing, your own growth, and look at what's good for you. And, and what, ask yourself honestly what's good for you and try to magnify and amplify that in your life. And if there are things that aren't, that aren't good for you, like, those are the problem. <laughs> You're not the problem. As women, we just want to point at ourselves. Like, I was like, what is wrong with me? I have, you know, a roof over my head, a full belly. You know, I, 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 I've got a business that I love. I've, I, I have clients that I love. Like, there were so many things. I was trying to remind myself all of the time um, that, you know, you got, a lot, you got a lot to be blessed for because I was, I was just in a state of depletion and trauma and recovery, um, and without ever getting an actual chance, uh, to recovery or to recover. So like a big life lessons is maybe some of the things that you have a problem with are the problem, uh, not you. And I want to encourage and, uh, you to look at things, um, like that with a, with an honest kind of lens. And now with me having just a teeny tiny bit of space, I mean, it was just a couple of days ago, Violet told me I'm different here. She's like, you're happier. And I am. Uh, it was just the last week uh, I was singing about how happy I was and I was like, whoa, and I just kind of like sat for a second and I was like, oh, I felt my heart happy and, it, and I hadn't felt my heart happy in a long time. Now I'm crying. <sighs> and it was just removing myself from a situation that was bad for me. Um... And I want to encourage and empower you. Um, and some things like look super legit lo logical, like we could have, uh, there was a lot of opportunity in the Netherlands, um, uh, including, you know, for, for Violet. Um, and, uh, you know, we could have had, we could have had a, you know, an, an, an all right life there. But um, I, I, I do think it would have killed me prematurely. It did feel, in my first like few months there, I said to Justin, we need to get out of here before this place completely dims my light because I did feel my light being dimmed. So what, what in your life, uh, dims your life, dims your light? What, what, what causes you to feel like you have to be small or 
that you can't be yourself or that you have to change? And what could you do to remove yourself or reduce the interactions with those things that aren't good for you? Um, and, you know, that is the ultimate act of, of self-love and self-care, you know, is uh, to remove yourself from a situation that's not good for you. Uh, and then um, get the acceptance and gratitude of your journey. Um, you know, even when you're going through the hard times and particularly when you have the energy and the, the capability to, um, to look back and to see and to have the acceptance and gratitude for the past you that went through those hard times. So congratulations to you for surviving every bad day you've ever had, every bad thing you've ever been through, and that you will absolutely survive all the bad days that possibly could come up and in the meantime let's look for acceptance of gratitude of who we are acceptance and gratitude of our journey acceptance of gratitude of our own personal power right now which we're coming into and one of those ways we come into do you know how women come into their power by not being afraid of our darkness and not being afraid of the darkness it is where our power is. So my beautiful friends and listeners, I'm so thrilled. Thank you so much for listening to my story um, and, and, and to bearing witness to one another's, our, our narratives and, and what is, matters to us and what has moved us and what has healed us and changed us. This is uh, the interconnected world that is that is worth worth uh, fighting for and worth creating, and and we're doing it together. So thank you so very much. Um, and if you are in the underworld, know that you are like Persephone and Inanna and Dorothy. Um, you you will get out, and you will have had your lessons, and you know you can say enough is enough, um, uh, more than I think we, we give ourselves credit for. So let's be empowered. Let's be strong. Let's be the strong women, um, uh, that we are. And, uh, let's take full acceptance for everything, including the darkness, acceptance and gratitude for the journey. Now for the featured song of the show. Um, this is a song that uh, Apple iTunes or whatever suggested to me about a year ago. And when I was listening to it, when I was walking, it was uh, kind of euphoric. It's called New Day. And it kind of uh, helped me to realize and kind of kind of get almost will the new day into existence. And we had just moved into a, a new place without the toxic, uh, abusive landlord into a new place. like, okay, this is the new day. This is the new world. And... Uh, it's by Alice in Wonderland. I thought that was kind of a fun play considering I brought her up a couple times in the uh, talking about it. Uh, she is a DJ, electronic dance producer from uh, Australia. But uh, she's also been very honest about um, uh, that she's had different battles with depressions and suicidal thoughts. And she was also in an abusive relationship she had to get out of. So uh, I kind of got that from the song anyway. Anyone who sings about it like in a new day like she does, um, which inspires so much hope. I know she had seen the darkness. She had had her own underworld. Um, and, you know, and, and then we have the fear even when we get out of the underworld, we might be sucked back, uh, sucked back in. Um, but... We, we live in the hope and we live in it for the work and we continue to move forward, to grow and to evolve so that we can, you know, have and walk into, have our time in the light and walk in the light. And um, 
this is a song that really certainly helped me and, and helped me uh, get into the joy and, and to, to know there at some point I would be out of the underworld and I would have that light on my face again. And I, to be in a place where I do feel like that now, and I, I feel very solid in saying that. I don't even feel scared or, or cautious about saying like I, I know I'm in the light now with my feet firmly on the ground. Um, and uh, I just want to share this song with you. So uh, I will talk to you again uh, in two weeks time. Lots of great uh, shows coming up for you in the 2023. Mad mega love uh, to you. Uh, please share this with anyone, you know, going through their own underworld type adventure. Maybe that's what we should look for uh, is an adventure. A very challenging adventure, but of course that's every um, heroine's story, right? Every every woman hero's story is uh, filled with with the dark times and, and the confusing times and the times where we're not so sure we're maybe even going to make it out. You know, the weight of it, the loneliness, the darkness. Um, and uh, I've I've touched bottom and pushed back up so many times, and and now I just feel so much more empowered. And I have so much I've learned through that dark times and I'm going to share with you guys and I'm so excited about that. So I'll let Alice in Wonderland take it away with New Day. Talk in two weeks. Check us out on Facebook. Bye. With a new day.